You know, we hear a lot of debate from the U.S.-Canada uh, service structure, online, hybrid, in-person. For the rest of the world, it has equal value. It's more tools. Online, in-person, and hybrid, more the better we have to work with today. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collective voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Hiya, Sam. Mr. Don. Sam, what is the oddest meeting that you ever went to in another country? Hmm. While you think, let me tell you about mine, which was Killarney. Ireland. We were traveling Ireland and I got antsy after about two days. I hadn't been to a meeting and was traveling and there's uh, pubs and drinking everywhere and it just started to really get to me. I was going, I have got to get to a meeting. And I mentioned that to the guy I was traveling with who's NAA. And, you know, he looked it up online and there was a meeting across the street in a half an hour that was in an old church probably built in 1612 which for me seemed <laughs> like forever ago you know but was everybody uh, standing out front holding coffee cups and smoking cigarettes there was no one there when we got we got there about a half hour early and there was a lady there and she said i said you know is, is there an aa meeting here and she said yes you open the meeting <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> so I had to share my story right off the bat. It was a great meeting. I understood about one third of it. They were speaking <laughs> English, but <laughs> I couldn't understand it. But you know what I did get was the language of the heart. The most unusual meeting that I went to in all my travels was in Hyderabad, India. There was a meeting published online, and I went to the, uh, the YMCA that was almost entirely an outdoor facility there, uh, walked up to the window with the clerk there and asked about the meeting. And he picked up a phone and called somebody. And I don't know, within 15, 20 minutes, I, it was four or five guys showed up. Now, at that point, it was already dark. And we collected, you know, those stacking white chairs, plastic chairs, we collected those and went out to the middle of the dark soccer pitch and sat in a circle with no tools, no books, no, no readings, no nothing. And we had the most amazing meeting, just sharing our stories with each other. Well, you know, things have changed now from even from when I went to Ireland since COVID, there are so many online meetings. That's it. You can go to meetings around the world now from your living room. And I've done it. I've been to a meeting with our guests today. You have? An international meeting. Yeah. Just fantastic meeting. Everybody sang songs at the end of it. We had a celebration. You know, I did get down off the pity pot, pity pot, get down off the pity pot, pity pot. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That was unusual. The other people were singing like hymns, but I, you no, know, I mean, far be it from anything that you do being unusual. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a beautiful meeting. And boy, talk about the language of the heart. There's a couple of times I got tears in my eyes for the gratitude that some people express 
for the fact that AA existed and was there for them when they were at the crisis point in their lives. And it exists from just one alcoholic talking to another, and it spreads like a fungus. No, it spreads like a virus. Don! You poor twisted man. (laughs) Don, who is this mystery guest who is trying to stifle their laughs back here? (laughs) (laughs) Sam, today we're going to welcome Najini V from Sweden after this... can I support the Grapevine podcast? Since the Grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazines, on our website, or even in the podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept contributions from AA members. Wait, what? If you want to support this podcast, visit aagrapevine.org and click on store or subscribe in the new Grapevine app. Don and Sam. My name is Najini and I am an alcoholic here in Sweden. And my home group, which Don just mentioned, is Altered Attitude Online International Group. And my sobriety date is September 12, 1997. Najini, thank you so much for joining us. And how would someone find your home group if they wanted to attend that meeting? Oh, they would find us uh, through our website. So it will be www.alteredattitudes.org. Alteredattitudes.org. You have meetings at various times. I know I've been to one at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays. We try to accommodate as many time zones. So we have our Saturday meeting focused on the 36 principles, and that's on Saturday, as we said. And then we have a men's meeting on Wednesdays that focus on the newcomers. So we are going for the living sober. And then we have a very unique women's meetings on Wednesday as well, which we go via WhatsApp, not Zoom. So we have a 24-hour time from Wednesday to Thursday. And then so it accommodates the women in different time zones. So they can listen to the shares in text or audio throughout different and, and participate. And we also focus on newcomers getting sober in remote parts of the world and slippers, the whole nine yard get sponsors. Najini, when and how did Altered Attitudes get started? Well, Altered Attitudes actually got started out of China on a platform called WeChat of all places. So my husband and I live in a remote part of the world and we travel quite a lot. And we got online in early days. And in fact, I'll let out a secret. My husband and I met on online. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> 20, nearly 20 years ago. Oh, wow. We don't share that to give newcomers ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so I was traveling a lot and in remote areas. So I logged into online for in between needing contact. And he too. So then... um Through travels, we met friends. And at the time, 20 years ago, the Australians were very hands-on because they have a huge area, remote areas and so forth. And one thing to lead to, so we got active in China, pre-pandemic dates. 
And we had friends on another app called Paul Talk before that. So remember, it's only when the pandemic came that we got on Zoom and video. The online community was really against showing pictures and video. That's a break of anonymity. It's you good folks from in person that said, it's okay, we can do this. It's all right. We were like, no, there were debates about it and keep it audio or text. Well, you were so accustomed to working that way beforehand that it seemed like it was the right way to do. And then there is that we're anonymous at the level of press, radio and film. So is it okay to show my face at an online meeting or not? Today, we've evolved and embraced the Zoom platform where we can have closed meetings and not everybody has. But I'm just saying a lot of people don't know the story of the challenges that the online community dealt with and embracing video meetings. Well, it was one of those things. I mean, first of all, AA does not move at a rapid pace in accepting technology and and such. So this, and so this was something that was like really thrust upon the AA community as something that could address the need for all of us to be in the lockdown period during COVID and still be able to interact with each other in a way that worked, particularly for people who were not used to online meetings at all. So being able to see each other's faces, the faces of familiar friends and such, was a really important thing. And lo and behold, it works. <laughs> it's still an AA meeting. And absolutely, you know, people talk about it virtual. My reality today in AA, there's nothing virtual about it. I'm in touch with friends. I start my day out in China where I have sponsees and I move throughout, as you can see the map. It's very real. We, my husband and I, we've gone all the way to Australia to meet friends we've met online and to go to AA national conventions when Australia had it in Fiji. We surprised them. We turned up. We said we were going elsewhere and we turned up at the home group. Oh, I love it. It's as real as it gets. So that's why we're very clear to experience for those of us who do not have a luxury of able for whatever reason to have a vibrant in-person community. Today, with all the technology, it's incredible what we're doing. For example, this month, there's the Iranian having their international convention, again, with speakers from all over the world, the East African convention. We had the Mongolians had their 25th anniversary. and. Um, my home group was part of doing service. We live stream their opening ceremony out of Mongolia, three, four o'clock in the morning. For oh, us. wow. And, you know, so the potentials are endless. And I think it's such a shame many of us don't know about it. Right. And what my home group is very have been a part of. And that is it that many of us now who've been around for a while get the opportunity to sponsor people who then get really active in the online communities. And for me, particularly women, they're getting active, taking on positions as they learn more and coming to meetings where they learn more about service, the traditions, the concept. It is booming in my part of the world, you know? So that's why I wanted to share that with you. I love that. So you've mentioned sponsorship a couple of times now. How does that look for you in sponsoring someone online? Well, since I've been doing it like it feels forever, I've been doing it for, you know, 20 years. It's developed. It used to be emails. And bear in mind, I also found myself in a situation where I couldn't get access to in-person meetings. So, you know, 
since I'm 26 years, it started with letter writing for me, 26 years ago, oh, you know, to now for me, it's a treat texting and having a, a video session to go through the steps, the traditions, the book, and then the concepts for many of these women who are active in, in service and who will hear me share, you know, um, so what, and also another thing when many of us who find ourselves in a position to do service, the emotional support, mm. right? You meet up and say, look, I'm having a problem back on this. What do you guys have? What's your experience in America, in Europe or down south? Oh, the language barrier. I personally speak four languages, so that's why I navigate through it. And I've had to experience the recovery in four different languages, right? So therefore, we're bringing the pools now, as you say, there's no barriers on wow, what did you do down there? And we share it and then, you know, everybody's relieved or we can connect. And of course, as you know, we have like myself, I've been part of the expat community and I've moved around. Now in the transition, you've got your anchored online until you get the transition, the resistance to wherever you end up, if it's in person. Before you leave, you get in person. But one of the things, my home group is really good because our WhatsApp group has over 500 people from 63 countries. So anybody traveling, you know, this is the international set. They get their contact, everything personally. They'll say, oh, Najini mentioned you. So it breaks the resistance barrier. Oh, I know Najini. Or I know if, if somebody's coming up to North Carolina, I say, good friend Don there. Oh, you know Don? Yes. Oh, hey, contact. So it's more in person. And it's, so it's really exciting. So I personally have sponsors who've been moving for countries in the past five, six years. They're sober anchor. This is, with modern communication methods, the same way that people were getting sober when this started, when the book was published and distributed, there weren't meetings where these books were being shipped to. People were writing to the central office. I've forgotten what they called it at that time, uh, but they were writing to the office in New York for help, and, and they were writing back. So we had letters going back and forth. So when did you get sober? I came to Ava the first time at 28. And I came by Al-Anon, the problem with the other alcoholics in my life. And I got busted at Al-Anon. The talking busted. The Al-Anon. <laughs> took me a while to recover, you know. <laughs> they were yeah. So I thought, well, okay, pressure on. So I went to AA and I thought, how difficult can it be to stop drinking? I've been drinking the way I did for a reason. I'll just stop when I decide to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I say, thank you very much. Went to a few meetings. Thank you very much. I'll just stop. Well, as you well know, I found out the tough way the disease progressed. It's not that easy to stop if you're an alcoholic. <laughs> no. And there was I. I hit 29, panic city. I did not intend to live beyond 30, like many of us. And um, I could barely function. I ran out of options. So again, I went to AA. But this time, I said, I'm just here to clear my head. I've got a lot of problems, and I will be on my way back. Thank you very much. And the miracle happened, as we all know. And I was thinking of this story just before we came. I got a home group. It was the Irish community in West London. They got hold of me, and they even created a service position for me. They knew I was rather bookish. They asked me to come a bit early to the meeting, put the books out, from the box onto the table and then put them back in. And would you believe it? I was running to that meeting on Saturday to do that. It's important work. I was struck dumb, shocked where I've been reduced. 
and I would run, do my little service, put the books, very happy. And and that little task, because I mean, let's let's be honest, that's not a monumental task to do. (laughs) That little task made you feel a part of that group, didn't it? There you go. The same was true for me. I didn't know once I tried to quit for about four years, I tried to manage my drinking. And when I finally gave up, I really wasn't aware until I got into AA what a fight it had been inside. In my case, I have to say it's a cultural element to it. I'm of a Hindu background and coming from a respectable, good family. This thing just doesn't happen. I'm educated. This doesn't happen. How could I have let my life go out of control like that? I drank for my student days. Doesn't everybody at university, doesn't everybody Mm. have that? So there was a lot of denial, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll get things going, you know? Like to party, right? That's what the euphemism for drinking. Like to work hard and party. So that, that, that was that as well. And in the days I got sober, there were not a lot of people who looked like me around. So there was a problem of identification, which is not the case today, right? <laughs> Where did you get sober? I got sober in London. So in in-person meetings? Yes. So there weren't people from India in London getting sober? The second time I came around, uh, luckily, I came across three women. And uh-huh. it was not so much what they said, but that they were okay being women alcohol. Right. The model of it being okay. The way they conducted themselves. Right. And I think that's so important when we come to a, you know, I'm all clouded up and detox and madness. It's how people are behaving and how they treated me. They brought me to their home. They invited me for a meal. While there is no doubt still stigma, at least here in the United States, it has diminished a lot. The addiction, alcoholism, affliction that so many of us have is not something that is viewed upon as strongly as it used to be as being something shameful. Is that your experience in other cultures that you've uh, you've traversed? No, this is why the online component is so important for women alcoholics. And this is why I am very careful how I share not to push the newcomer away. It's heavily stigmatized in other parts of the world, a woman alcoholic. And I get the opportunity now to meet these women in positions. And that's why when I say now there are women alcoholics in AA getting active in service, it's a great pride and joy because I can see that in my lifetime. And one of the things as well, women, we've gathered more. We have the opportunity online, despite the languages and so forth, you know, to meet and, and reach out and help each other. You know, for instance, I'm part now, I'm doing service for the International Women Conference that's coming next February. We exclaim it, it's going to be an international extravaganza. You mentioned earlier the different languages of AA. We're being that that uh, conference had around 20,000 women when it wasn't during the pandemic, and they kept up hybrid. And we're planning to have AA meetings in different languages, up to 18 different languages to bring in women from all over the world. And it's so exciting to be part of this because the recognition, I matter, my culture matter, my language matter. As I said earlier, I was at the meeting in Iran, they were translating. And I mean, for me, coming from where I come from, this is just awesome what we can do in AA. I like the way that you say, Najini, that you're able to 
share that with another person and model that you can live without this. There's no shame in being an alcoholic. The shame is our behavior when we're alcoholics. And if we get sober, then we don't have to live like that anymore. And we get to offer that to someone. My experience so far is to take into account the support we find ourselves in. Many of us, as you know, an alcoholic doesn't function in isolation. You have the Al-Anon context. Are you getting support from your family, your community? There are countries, as you know, where alcohol is illegal. Mm. So you're playing with Russian roulette and drinking or being caught. There are horrendous stories we know about. So we have to take into context when people come and ask for help, what are we dealing with? And that is where interactions like this, you know, able, as you know, your podcast can go anywhere. People listen to it. You've had people from all walks of life. And I love hearing that some people listen to the podcast and decide to go to AA. I thought, I didn't see that coming. You see that the more we open up and myriad through our way, it's incredible, you know, what can be achieved. I've had stories, for example, people came to, you know, the usual, oh, I have a friend who has a problem? Well, uh, yes. can I have more information in certain language? I said yes, of course, and I can put you in touch with your local community. No, no, no. I just want to know. You know, things like this. As Sam was sharing, we're really in pioneering times when it comes to carry the message on. Najini, you said you got sober in 1997, right? Yes. All right. So you got some years of experience here. I challenge you. Can you distill those years of experience into two minutes of what sobriety is like? Just two and a bit decades in two minutes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, the first 10 years, I wasn't having a good time, right? I put up the put down the alcohols, cross-addicted. I had to deal with an eating disorder. I had to deal with family disorder. It was just nonstop. You know, things just kept coming up. I had to go to other 12-step program. It was like, really? Give me a break. And then I got older because now I'm 55. The second decade, I found myself getting married, getting more involved, getting a home, things I never expected, anchoring myself. So it kind of, I started to get used that this will not be go away. This is a reality. It's a, actually, you know, being sober is a good life. Oh, shock horror. Right? <laughs> and where I am today, as I see the world change, I come across people who are having problems staying sober. A lot of my peers and friends, some have a lot of old timers I knew have passed away. So now you're suddenly, oh, I'm the longtime member. So suddenly, I mean, my sponsor has over 40 years and she's known me for 25 years and we do it across the boundaries, very through online. I know, I've known her in person for quite a few years as well, but I've seen people go out. So what happens now at the ripe age of 55, I have enormous respect for my sober life. I'm willing to do that extra bit, uh, even coming to talk on the podcast, overcome fears, because, you know, um, to embrace new challenges because I know that I have to keep my recovery fresh, alive, like any relationship. Don't take it for granted. And surround myself with newcomers, my peers, same time, a myriad, just like a family, a myriad of my community has to be to keep me anchored. And, you know, as life gets good, it's not that easy. I start to sound a bit like the grumpy old timers in my day. Today, somebody wants to get sober. There are 24-hour meetings. And I'm like, in my days, 
You'll be lucky that letter comes back. <laughs> in my day, I had to walk uphill in the snowstorm with no shoes. So if you speak four languages, AA is full of sayings and things that we say all the time that could be very idiosyncratic to a particular language, like, you know, I don't know, one day at a time. or Well, you know, AAs, we're very particular to get the message right. So we stick to the book and we've tried to find ways to translate the slogans. But there is something issue of contention. For instance, the term sponsorship is a bit problematic. It's been translated by uh, World Service in French and German to the word godfather. And that gives the wrong impression for those of us, as I say, of different religious faith and not religious. And we've been working hard to get that changed. But the Iranians come up with a lovely word for sponsorship, a guide. I'm aware of the idiosyncrasies of language, too, that when translating our big book to the Spanish language, one of the early translations, they had a quandary over what word for steps they would use. Uh, If I remember correctly, it was, are we going to use the word for steps forward or are we going to use the word for steps up? Yes, and that brings back the question of taking into account the cultural aspect. And this runs all through AA even today. There's the, Currently, the conference has approved a plain and simple language translation of the big book as a separate tool, a separate book, not to replace the big book, but to have a, another translation of the same material. For example, here's one that they've done that I love. The big book says... Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. I love the poetry of that. Mm -hmm. But that might not be clear to everyone. The plain language translation is, begging these people to stop never helps. That's as clear as can be. I love that eventually we will have both of those to use with newcomers. Well, where I stand, as you say, being exposed to different cultures and translation issues we have and so forth, we are in dire need, particularly for us women, of having, you know, literature that's updated, right? Modern English, so then it's easy to translate and, and you know, cut through. And unfortunately, I have to say many of the women I come across as well, the younger generation, they use other 12-step literature they feel more comfortable with. Because it's more modern. I have to remember I'm an alcoholic. And coming to AA, going for step one as we shared, sponsorship, recovery, meetings, us talking, it is important. What it means today for me, who's been around a bit too long, cranky and all the rest, what it means, do I get it today that I'm powerless over alcohol? Right? I'm okay today. I'm talking to Don and say, well, tell me how powerless I am to you. Well, one of the jobs of a sponsor is to translate the big book into language that you can understand when you're reading. I mean, that's what my sponsor was doing with me, was going, this is what this means. How does this relate to you? Isn't that a shame we have these obstacles and barriers? Yes. Whereas the newcomer can just come out with it and we get into e-form in all the different languages and they get it. Look at it. The bottle got me down. That's it. As a Chinese thing, a, a picture was worth a thousand words. Najini, I really like that you you noted that this plain language translation that's that's coming out is going to be useful in translating this book into other languages. 
because it is a modern language version. I'm in a position, I'm in the trenches here with the people I meet. And we have a dire need to carry the message, as you say, with the obstacles of online and getting it to people and getting the literature to have it as simple as possible. Najini, you're just full of information and enthusiasm. And you've talked about WhatsApp meetings and Zoom meetings and online meetings and text meetings and all kinds of things. How can somebody get in touch with you again? You can get in touch with me via my home group's website, which is www.alteredattitudes.org. And there you will get into our community. And you're more than welcome. Thank you. Fantastic. Najini, thank you so much for sitting with us today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. I'm so glad to see you again. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Bye-bye. Sam, can you get that? It's the listener feedback phone. 212-870-3418. Yeah, hang on. I'll get it. Hello. Hello there, Sam and Don. My name is Tracy D. from Buffalo, New York. And I wanted to report that um, I am one year sober, and I wanted to thank you guys for carrying the message and really bringing this girl's spirits up when the committee wants to get loud. And I could always rely on my favorite AA friends from my favorite AA-related Grapevine podcast to lift me up. And in this time, I I, uh, I really want to stress how grateful I am for you guys and how grateful I am for um, this program, my sponsor, and the 12 steps and being of service. I'm currently the GSR of my home group, and it's truly beautiful to be an AA. So thank you very much. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for calling. Congratulations on one year. Oh, I love that you're volunteering as a GSR right off the bat here at One Year Sober. But, you know, I don't, you, we can replace that committee in our head that's always yakking at us with a real committee (laughs) doing some service work. Tracy, thanks for listening and congratulations. Hey family, now's the time to stock up for yourself and get gifts for your recovery friends. Until the end of December, there's a 20% off sale at aagrapevine.org and free shipping. I'm at the very wit's end. This is from Brian M. Thanks, Brian. Three guys are sitting at a bar with drinks in front of them. Three flies land at once, one in each guy's drink. The first guy says, That's disgusting. He asks the bartender for another drink. The second guy just flicks the fly out of his drink and takes a sip. The alcoholic picks up the fly and screams at it. Spit it out! Spit it out! Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Search AA Grapevine in the App Store on your phone or find AA Grapevine on Instagram and YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, search online for Alcoholics Anonymous in your city or visit aa.org.
That was freaking amazing. <laughs>